ऑडियो हॉप पॉडकास्ट दिस इज द विस्की एडवाइजर शो ऑन दिस शो वी सैंपल सम फाइन विस्कीज शेयर इंटरेस्टिंग टेल्स एंड ट्रिविया एंड आंसर योर मोस्ट इंपॉर्टेंट क्वेश्चन अबाउट विस्की And now here's your host the whiskey advisor Uday Balaji Hello everyone welcome back to the whiskey advisor show As promised in last week's episode we'll be dedicating the next few shows to exploring Indian whiskies that have been making waves in the global market This week we're taking a look at a whiskey whose name literally means the elixir of life I'm of course talking about Amrut and as always i have with me the whiskey rook piyush hello there and hello everyone i'm really good to be back uh, i've heard a lot of people uh, talking about amrut but you know honestly i don't know anything specific so you know why don't you talk a bit about the whiskey and you know tell us where it all began so amrut single malt was only released in the 2000s but the history of amrut uh, distilleries goes back a long way In fact, we need to go back all the way to 1948, okay. when uh, the late Sri J N Radha Krishna, who was fondly known as J N R, mm-hmm. started Amrut Laboratories. Okay. And uh, what they did was they just put in a few lakhs, started this company, and uh, became a fairly significant supplier of Indian-made liquor to the defence over the years. Okay. Uh, it was actually brandies that is their uh, forte. Mm-hmm. it uh, kind of started changing in uh, around 1976 when uh, neelakantha rao jagdale became the chairman and md of uh, amrut so this is a gentleman who's considered the father of indian single malts and okay. i'll tell you why okay so in the 80s under mr neelakantha rao jagdale they started ma- uh, manufacturing malt whiskey but this was destined for the blend so what they did was they came out with this prestige blended malt in 1986 that they introduced to the army canteen in fact the other day a friend of mine in the army sent me this picture from uh, his army canteen of this yellow box with uh, um, i mean it was an amrut prestige uh, bottling okay okay so any of you if you're in the forces go to your canteen and you can find it yeah but you know so uday i am kind of intrigued so they started selling single malt whiskey that early no it wasn't single malt right so it was a blended malt it was a prestige blended malt uh, so what i understand that the blended malt that they were bringing out at that point had a very high malt content you know so this one was becoming a little less and less popular because the industry was starting to move towards lighter whiskies you know your royal challenges royal stags fairly light taste profiles so what is happening is because they had to amrut started to make uh, lighter whiskies as well catered mm-hmm. to the market mm-hmm. with higher grain content so what did that mean there was less and less malt and what did that mean they had lot and lot more malt stocks building up in their warehouses and getting aged okay so what to do with this now this is where the vision of mr neelakantha rao comes into uh, picture so his son rakshit jagdale was studying in uh, newcastle in the uk at that point so he was coming towards the end of his studies so his dad told him why don't you take up this project of looking into the possibility of selling our indian single malt to the uk okay you know 
if you really think about it this is uh, pretty ambitious yeah. and it got more ambitious when they decided to take on the project full time and start selling whiskey to the scots themselves i mean that's quite an audacious plan you know it sounds fascinating an indian whiskey taking on the scotch whiskey in their own backyard absolutely so it is 2004 that the whiskey was launched in fact at an indian restaurant in the uk and it was an uphill battle you know um it's all great saying we've done a project and we're going to launch it but there are market realities you know how do you get people to drink this how do you get them to give it a chance so rakshit look was looking for somebody to help him with this and there was his classmate that he was good friends with in uh, the uk his name was ashok chokalingam okay so ashok had moved back to india and he got an it job and he was doing well so but then rakshit called him and said you know we had that project and we're doing it full time now and you know backing it with funds uh can you come and join the project mm-hmm. so ashok thankfully said yes okay and uh, it's a great thing for indian whiskey because he was a person who ended up traveling all across scotland all across europe for many years popularizing and spreading the word of amrut whiskey okay and you need to understand it's not just amrut whiskey right it's indian single malt yeah he and rakshit and mr jagdale were all paving the way for others to follow but like i said it wasn't easy so there are a couple of turning points i'll mention one now and one later so one of the turning points is they did a blind tasting at this bar that's you know called considered an institution in glasgow mm-hmm. it's a bar called the pot still okay i've been there amazing place if you ever get to glasgow go there so what they did was they did a blind tasting there they took a few scotches and they took amrut whiskey and um you know did a blind tasting for a whole bunch of whiskey aficionados and as it turned out amrut came on top and some people in, even said you know this must be a space set now that's a quite a compliment absolutely so more than anything you know they knew that they had the product but now they had the confident and they had that kind of affirmation okay you know we have a product that can be sold there and since then you've been working hard you know they still traveling around they still hitting new markets so both uh, ashok and his protege pramod they're all on the road building up this brand so now ashok has kind of taken a little bit of a step back from traveling he does the more important travels because he's been he's become the master distiller now at amrut okay taking over from uh, the long time master distiller surinder kumar who just retired mm-hmm. but now with all this hard work they're in 50 plus countries expanding recently i saw pictures of pramod doing tastings in hungary and poland so you know talking about that have you had any personal experience about you know amrut while you were traveling abroad um increasingly so you know a uh, couple of things you were actually asking me about this earlier one was uh, went to a bar in tokyo with a classmate of mine who okay. i went to school in europe with and we ended up having a dram each of amrut and um, i think it was uh, ibiki blender's choice or something mm-hmm. so you know the indian was having the japanese and the japanese guy was having an indian whiskey it was a cool moment uh-huh. you know we could only do that because uh, of all the hard work that these guys are doing so you know 
when you look at all these brand ambassadors you know whether it's amrut or a whole lot of other brands it looks like they've got the best life where they're always at whiskey shows and meeting new people trust me i was at a uh, couple of the big whiskey shows in europe this in 2019 uh at the london whiskey show and whiskey life paris which mm-hmm. i think is the biggest whiskey show in the world now so i was launching the indian whiskey tours where i'm bringing people from abroad who are whiskey fans of uh, amrut and paljan and rampur bring them to india to visit the distilleries and also visit india from that, a different perspective that's right? fascinating for so the cool thing was amrut and paljan were very supportive gave me some uh, space in their stalls to you know promote the trips and stuff but that's a separate story where i was really getting to was uh at during the time there at the amrut stall there was just crazy demand particularly in whiskey life paris there was just such high demand that i ended up pouring whiskies for a whole bunch of people during the show right? okay and what i noticed again and again and again was people coming up to the stall asking for amrut fusion for the friend that they brought along with them because they said you have to taste this before you leave the show okay and like what pramod is telling me he said they got about a 90% footfall off the people who came to the show probably came to the stall and i think about at least half of that was for amrut fusion um the second thing that put amrut on the map was in uh, 2010 and we spoken about jim murray before in his whiskey bible he rated amrut the sorry amrut fusion the number 3 whiskey in the world wow yeah so that's what kind of opened the door and the quality of whiskey that they've been delivering after that has kept the door open and continued to really really build the demand for amrut across the world so how do they actually make their whiskey uh, i mean is there a different process they are following or uh, is the same scotch style uh not really i mean they follow exactly the same scotch process um the only difference would probably be because of our climatic conditions here we talked about this a little bit earlier but uh, one thing is the barley so they get all their unpeated barley from uh, punjab rajasthan and haryana but the peated barley comes from uh, scotland yeah so the indian barley that's used is the six row barley which tends to have more of a tropical flavor okay and the two row from uh, scotland is your uh, you know is like the scotches that we've tasted before now another thing is the maturation which is a challenge because the climatic conditions that we have in india there's a lot more angel share so in scotland and ireland is 1 to 2% here it's almost 10% in bangalore which is where uh, amrut is based and they also have two warehouses one above ground and one below ground which again have different uh, not only angel share um, differences but also how many al- how much alcohol evaporates as compared to how much water evaporates from the casks okay. so there's a lot of maturation challenges but they they're doing really really well okay okay so uh, you know i remember you told me that you know you visited the amrut distillery i guess that must have been a very good experience so i've actually been there a couple of times uh, the first time was i think a few years ago when uh, you know they just kind of started tours 
it was just a walk through my wife and I went actually. And it was nice, you know, I got a, an idea of uh, what an Indian whiskey distillery was like. It was a good experience. So the second time was a really special experience because it was uh, my wife Netra and I went to the distillery and we were taken around personally by Mr. Rakshad Jagdale himself. And you will not meet a more wonderful person, you know, you know, MD of Amrut and all that. But when you actually meet him in person, he's one of the kindest, most wonderful, humble people you'll meet. And he took us around every little bit of the distillery from the, you know, from the milling to the uh, new distillery. Okay, that's another thing. We're talking about how all this hard work is resulting in uh, bigger demand. So when I went the first time, it was just the old distillery. Right? They put out around 200,000 liters or 300,000 liters a year. The new distillery has brought up their production capacity to almost a million liters a year okay. to meet with that demand. Beautiful spanking new stills, two sets of stills in fact, lovely distillery. And uh, also it was really special. Because I got to go into the warehouses, both above and below ground warehouses. You can just tell the temperature difference and the humidity difference, you know. And uh, also, very lucky, I got to try a little bit of the new new make, which was lovely. Okay. Well, sadly for me, I haven't been to any distillery in my life. So I guess I'll just have to be content with tasting while we are in the studio. So, yeah. You'll definitely be tasting Amrut today at the studio, Piyush. In fact, you're going to be tasting two different expressions of Amrut. Wow. One is the Amrut Indian single malt. This is the standard single malt, which will give you clearly what the distillery profile is. And the Amrut Fusion, what we talked about, Jim Murray rated it as the third best whiskey in the world. We'll be tasting that too. So let's compare and let's see which one you like better. We hope you've enjoyed the episode so far. But before we go ahead, here's a word from our partner. Enjoying this podcast? You can also catch this and 200 plus such podcasts on Karva 2.0 with BBC India, Film Companion, Open Mic Poetry, Sadhguru Isha Foundation, Indian classical renditions by the greatest maestros, stories, rhymes and GK for your kids. Oh, and did we mention the 5,000 preloaded songs and 100 plus unique playlists every day? To know more, go to www.saregama.com now. And we're back. Let's continue. You do the honors? Yeah. yeah. I'll pour the Indian single malt and you can pour the fusion. Yeah. All right, let's start with the Indian single malt. What color do you see? Uh, I see amber color. Yeah, it's about amber deep gold. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. How about the visual texture? Uh, it's a bit light. It's, it's about medium onto the nose. I am getting a fruity okay. flavor. Mm -hmm. Try to, you know, kind of uh, dig a little bit into what kind of fruit. Uh, citrus. Okay. You're getting kind of like a honey, kind of malty, breakfast, cereally kind of character. Yeah, I'm getting a cereally flavor now. Mm -hmm. And some some notes of sweet toffee. Okay. Some. Mm -hmm. All right, let's take a sip. 
Cheers. Cheers. So, is there a spice in it, Uday? A bit spicy? It definitely has spice. It definitely has a certain heat yeah. to its robust spirit. That's something about um, Indian and Taiwanese whiskeys, you know. They tend to be quite robust, quite okay. strong, packed with flavor. Mm-hmm. That's also what I mean when I say that aging in India, yes, it is faster in Scotland, but it's not apples to apples in terms of like, you know, how many years. You can't really equate how many years in Scotland is how many years in India. Because I think they have different profiles. Okay. And they definitely age in a different way. And you can kind of make out, you know, it's a rich, full-bodied flavor. Mm-hmm. How about the finish? Like I said, you know, I'm I'm getting a bit spice in, mm-hmm. in the aftertaste. Mm-hmm. A warmness and spiciness. Mm-hmm. Let's compare it to the fusion. Okay. What color are you getting on the fusion? I'm... I'm getting a deep copper in it. Okay. Yeah, I'd say it's about deep copper. Fair enough. What about the visual texture? So, in comparison to the other one, the fusion is a bit medium. Hmm. Uh, I'd say it's a little more viscous. Actually. Yeah, little more viscous. Let's go to the nose. This this is peated. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, it's smoky. Mm. Let's take a second there. Can you just uh, pass the bottle? So if you look at the label here, mm-hmm. what do you read on both sides of fusion? So it's written west and east. Yeah. So that is the story of fusion in that it's a mix of east and west, meaning there's unpeated barley from the east and peated barley from the west, from Scotland. Okay. Okay. So, those two are distilled, matured and go into this whiskey. Okay. So, that's why you get that little peated flavor. And we'll do a quick comparison between the two and you'll understand the profiles a little bit. Okay. Take a quick sip. Something like burnt rubber. Mm. Um, And obviously, smoke and peat. Mm -hmm. Now, if you had to compare the two... In terms of fruitiness, which is the most fruity? The Indian single malt. More honeyed character. Yeah, yeah. More caramel. Kind of little rounder, little heavier. Yeah. Whereas this has a little more peat, slightly more elegant. Yeah. So that's kind of like the comparison that you're also seeing of those two barleys. Yeah. Indian single malt has that robustness to it and that kind of vibrance to it. The fusion is a little more of a mellow, old school whiskey. So you see how one distillery can have two very different styles. Yeah. And they also have other very interesting styles. Yeah. So just in conclusion, I'll just quickly run through the notes that I've got here. On the Indian single malt, I'd say on the nose, it's honeysuckle, malt, uh, oak, and spirity in the sense that it's a really robust spirit. Uh, On the palate, I got some honey malt. There's definitely a woody, oaky aspect to it. And there's got like one juicy fruit, you know, that even like you, finding it a little hard to put a name on the fruit, but it is that juicy fruit character. Yeah. So this definitely falls in that fruity and spicy flavor camp. Mm-hmm. Now, moving on to the fusion, there's definitely a certain scotch kind of malt, uh, peat kind of profile to it. It's kind of a light uh, peat and smoke. 
little bit of rubber like you said um on the palate not as fiery probably as the indian single malt gentle peat and maybe maybe i'm getting creative here maybe a little bit of filter coffee yeah okay uh so this also falls in that fruity and spicy uh, flavor can mm-hmm. so let's just quickly run through the whiskey range now that um amrut has so in india you get a couple of blended malts that they make it's the amalgam and the amalgam peated uh they are blends of amrut whiskey with selected uh malts from asia and scotland that's all the information you get uh, from the distillery the other options are what we tasted today amrut indian single malt amrut fusion and there's a peated indian single malt as well okay and you get a whole lot of other you know it's so many variations and amrut has a lot of limited editions like the porto nova the amrut spectrum the amrut 100 all in very very high demand you don't really get most of those in india because they cask strength variations and uh, you know what the restriction is in india but the most interesting range for me is probably the greedy angels this is the only range of expressions of indian single malts that actually come with an age statement so there are multiple expressions uh, which use different cask maturations but they broadly come in 8 years 10 years and 12 years of age now i'd gone to the distillery again recently and i was really really lucky because i got to spend a lot of time with uh, ashok chokalinga so obviously i learned a lot from him as always but the highlight was he gave me a few samples to try of different greedy angels i have to say each one of them was such a special whiskey but having that range of whiskies was just absolutely mind blowing uh, and i have to say folks if you are really serious about your indian, indian single malts look out for these greedy angels but coming back to whiskies that we can access that we can actually get our hands on here in india i'll recommend those two so one i spoke about the amalgam peated i think it's okay. a great value whiskey for like regular drinking mm-hmm. uh, it's got a nice wonderful peated profile and the main thing is you can't find amrut you can find this in karnataka at least and another one little rarer but you still get it in karnataka the amrut intermediate sherry so this is a very interesting uh, process of maturation from what i understand they put it in bourbon casks as you normally do and then they move it to sherry casks then move it back to american oak casks okay so that's why they call it intermediate sherry ah okay so it'll be a very interesting exercise if you do this these two whiskies that we had today with the intermediate sherry gives you an amazing range of what amrut is doing out there yeah. highly recommend getting these two whiskies yeah um before we go on to the q and a let me just quickly talk about something that i think all of you will find very useful uh we're currently working really hard to put together a list of whiskies that are available all across india um along with their prices and we'll be putting this up as a permanent page called as the whiskey list on the whiskeyadvisor.com and we let all of you know as soon as it's live in the meantime If any of you out there on a liquor store and you'd like to contribute information to the effort please drop us a message so can we segue into our Q&A session yes please so the first question is from Shubham Kurle and uh, his question is what is the ideal mixing proportion is a good question 
um because not everyone can handle you know drinking whiskey neat whether it's 40% 50% or 60% um what i would recommend is pour the whiskey neat and keep adding water and sipping until you figure out you know roughly what kind of proportion you are comfortable with that's the most important thing find what you are comfortable with um one interesting thing to note is uh, a lot of master blenders in scotland do the same thing where they water it down until about 20% to see how the flavors change across that spectrum so give it a shot at home and let me know what you think the next one is from harpreet sandhu aka hap_sandhu on instagram what is the best way to have whiskey very simple answer drink it whichever way you like and you need to keep in mind uh, like i said in the last episode india is a hot country uh, so don't feel you always have to drink the whiskey neat do what you enjoy um but the thing is you know only thing that i'll say uh, be experimental for sure but always look to elevate the drink you know uh, taking a 25 year old scotch and putting coke in it probably won't elevate it um but using for example a lafroig 10 in a cocktail to add um a smoke element on top of the other flavors could be a great way to do things and the next one is from shreyas on instagram uh, which is better single malt or blended malt wow uh thank you shreyas for asking this question um there is just so much variety out there uh whether it's in the single malt range or the blended malt range of whiskies out there there are hundreds and hundreds out there um there's a lot of snobbery uh, that's been built around you know single malts are better than blends uh i don't really believe in that i think there are some fantastic blends and some fantastic single malts as there are some quite not so good blends and not so good single malts uh, one example that i keep giving people uh is buy a bottle of balentine 17 or have it in a bar and you will see that that blend which is commonly available in india itself is better than most of the single malts uh, that are available in the country the next question is from arun sharma aka ak sharma which japanese whiskey will you recommend to start with good question we will do a lengthy episode about japanese whiskey at some point uh the key is there isn't that much japanese whiskey available access is absolutely key and uh, there is some so called japanese whiskies out there that are actually scotch labeled as japanese so i'd say just stay on the safe side just look for something that's either from santori or nikka that would be a best bet to get started with japanese whiskey and let's close it out with a question from varun kapoor aka vk_explores on instagram what is straight bourbon um again we will be doing uh, episodes on bourbon and american whiskey down the line but there is some technical requirements uh, that go into making a bourbon which we will discuss the only difference between a standard bourbon and a straight bourbon is that a straight whiskey american whiskey or a straight bourbon needs to be aged at least for 2 years All right folks so that's it for uh, our episode on Amrut but there's a lot more that Indian whiskey has to offer next week 
we're off to Goa and we'll be talking about the Paul John single malt. In the meantime, please send in your questions and comments via email, Instagram or Facebook and we'll answer as many as we can. All our handles are at the end of the show. Till then, drink well and drink responsibly. Cheers. Cheers. If you want to learn more about whiskey and Uday's work, visit thewhiskeyadvisor.com. You can send in your questions to us on uday at thewhiskeyadvisor.com or Instagram or Facebook at thewhiskeyadvisor. That's whiskey without the E. The show was brought to you by Audio Hop Podcasts. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn and Twitter at Audio Hop Podcasts. We'll be back next week. Until then, keep your spirits up and drink responsibly.